Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. I'm the titular Sean. And I'm the very titular Carrie. And this is the show that takes you inside the unbelievable, the unexplainable, the macabre, and the bizarre, and tries to find an answer. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Dear listeners, this is the fourth part of our four-part series on the satanic panic in America. Um, We've gone through McMartin Preschool. We've gone through Dungeons and Dragons, Heavy Metal, The West Memphis Three, really playing the hits of uh, of satanic hysteria um, in the U.S. At least modern satanic hysteria over the last thirty years. Yeah, but but that like satanic ritual abuse hysteria is only a modern thing. I want to frighten you, Sean, but it's really the last fifty years we've been talking about. Oh no, I'm so old. (laughs) I know you did the the seventies was thirty years ago thing. Eighties. Well, but we started in the late seventies. I guess, yeah. McMartin was eighty-three. But Dungeons and Dragons was released in the late seventies. Yes, yes, it was. And uh, go back to the earlier parts in our series if you haven't heard them. Uh, I think they're quite interesting. But um, more importantly for today, I think they're also necessary background and context for what we're going to be talking about today. Those were all. The incarnations of Satanic Panic, as it looked in the U.S. in the 80s and 90s, in in our last episode's case. Mm -hmm. But what would such a fear and such a panic, what would that look like in the era of the internet? Well, I'm sure you're about to tell me. Yeah, enter Pizzagate. Oh, God. Pizzagate was a, is, continues to be, a conspiracy theory that was born... In 2016, among that very, very fun election uh, season, you may remember 2016 as the last year that anything felt normal at all in your life? Uh, yeah, when I'm not completely blocking it out as a, just a year of blackness. The 2016 election was contentious, to say the least. Was it, Sean? And there were a lot of headlines that were about, um, you know, not issues <laughs> so much as... Um, well, border walls and sexual assaults and grabbing by pussies and um, Hillary Clinton's emails. Right. And I think we've both agreed that for this episode, we're trying not to be political, really, just to kind of... I wasn't being. No, I know. I'm, I'm just letting our audience know because, unfortunately, the satanic panic has become really intertwined with politics to today, right? Well, and specifically, it's become very intertwined with uh, mostly far-right circles online, although, um, I don't know, the latest incarnation of this conspiracy is a little bit apolitical, uh, it seems like, which is weird, even weirder. You may remember, Carrie, that throughout the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton was being investigated for her use of a private email server for government, like, classified emails. Hashtag but her emails. Hashtag but her emails. Um, Not a good look. And on October 28th, just a few days before the election, uh, James Comey, the FBI director, announced that he was reopening his investigation. It had been closed. Now he was reopening the investigation into Clinton's emails um, because some of her emails had been found on Anthony Weiner's phone. You may remember Anthony Weiner as a former... New York uh, congressman who got super fired and canceled after he'd been texting pictures of his junk to a bunch of teenagers. Like multiple times. 
Yeah. Like so, he was canceled and then people were like, maybe. And then he did it again. And this was the recanceling. Yes. And in the midst of the recanceling, uh, cops found emails from Hillary Clinton's aforementioned private email server on Anthony Weiner's phone. Uh, Weiner's wife was Huma Abedin, who was one of Clinton's top aides. So there's nothing on the surface super fishy about that, except that it was just one more place these confidential emails had ended up. And uh, uh, so in goes the FBI to investigate again, right? Uh, Whether that Comey announcement had an impact on the election, uh, we can't know. And and I will not speculate on here. But, But there it is. Now, separate from this, in March 2016, John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, had had his emails hacked in a spear phishing attack. Spear phishing? Yeah, spear phishing. PH phishing? Yeah, PH phishing is um, anytime you try to steal someone's personal data, usually for the purposes of accessing an account. Spear phishing is called that because it, well, phishing attacks are usually like super broad and not this targeted. Is targeted. Yes, this yeah. is that one person. In this case, John Podesta. Actually, it was spearfished at a bunch of members of Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. The U.S. government and um, some independent cyber research firms say this was a, a Russian hacker group codenamed Fancy Bear. Nice. So I presume it's a couple of guys uh, sitting in furry costumes, wearing monocles and sipping tea. Don't forget the top hat. Um, and they probably, maybe, sort of, might be connected to Russian intelligence, but it's not totally, uh, totally clear. In any case, those emails made their way into the hands of WikiLeaks, who posted 20,000 pages of John Podesta's uh, correspondence between October and November of 2016. So that's right. This Comey announcement about the email server falls right in the middle of that. And a lot of people seem to have conflated Comey's investigation of Clinton's private email server with John Podesta's emails that had been hacked and were being released. Um, it's all Clinton emails, right, to, uh, in a headline. So so Podesta's emails, they were just on his private email or whatever? It wasn't part of it? Yeah, it wasn't like cor- classified government correspondence. It was just John Podesta's emails. Gmail, like John Podesta at gmail.com. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, it's out of those... John Podesta emails that a lot of the little breadcrumbs uh, came from on this story. Little crust crumbs. Little little crusty crumbs. Um, But it wasn't until Comey made the announcement about reopening the investigation into uh, Clinton's emails that posts started appearing online about this. So that's why I that's why I say it got conflated a little bit. This was, and then you've also got. Clinton's emails email investigation is reopened because some of her emails were found on the phone of Anthony Weiner, the pedophile. Sure. They yeah. aren't about sex stuff. They're not, you know, they're just his wife. And he wife's... was also like running for mayor? Yes, he was running for mayor of New York. So, I mean, I saw the documentary years ago that they were making when this was happening. Oh my god, I forgot about that thing. Yeah, Weiner. Um <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like I said, he had been kind of uncanceled, given a second chance. So I'm not, and Human to Aberdeen was still married to him at this point. So I'm not surprised that there were any emails to him. I doesn't. I don't find it suspicious. Uh, no, but the fact the the fact that his name got pulled in here is how 
his wiener got pulled in is how his is how wieners in general got pulled in uh, <laughs> I, I would say uh, now the Washington Post the New York Times um, Rolling Stone every publication of note has uh, talked about Pizzagate this is beyond mainstream and I'm certain that we're not giving our listeners brand new information here but hopefully we can dig in a little deeper and uh, try and figure out where this came from and track it as it uh, evolved into into what it is today because Pizzagate is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen. Rolling Stone actually did the best journalism that I've read on this story. It's it's, pre- it's pretty awesome. Their their article uh, from I think 2017 about Pizzagate traces the very first germ of the Pizzagate phenomenon to a post by a Carmen Katz on Facebook. Oh, not 4chan. That's where I expected it to come from. Um, well. 4chan is where it um, developed. I was going to use the word fermented. <laughs> oh, same idea. Uh, Carmen Katz wrote on Facebook on October 29th, so this is the day after the Clinton email investigations reopened. My NYPD source said it's much more and serious than classified material on Wiener's device. The email detail, all caps, the trips made by Wiener, Bill, and Hillary on their pedophile billionaire friend's plane, the Lolita Express. Yep, Hillary has a well-documented predilection for underage girls. We're talking an international child enslavement and sex ring. Who's Carmen Katz? This is why, this is where I, I have to bow to Rolling Stone on, on on this article. They tracked her down. Her name is Cynthia Campbell, and she's a 60-year-old attorney from Joplin, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Who just ch- uses a different name and a different photo when she's posting all of her, like, super incendiary political stuff. Did they ask her why she posted this? Uh, she just really didn't like Hillary Clinton. Did she really have an NYPD source or whatever? No! She just made it all up. Yes! And she admitted that. Uh... No, she no, she never talked to Rolling Stone in person. She hung up on them and then uh, threatened to like call the police. Gotcha. Um, as soon as they started asking about, you know, so about this police friend, mm-hmm. she said they were uh, harassing her. Mm. Um, now, ten hours before that, before Cynthia's post on Facebook, there was a post made on a message board. It was called the Rant. T H E E all caps, RANT. Uh, And it's a message board that describes itself as being, quote, for New York City cops speaking their minds. Oh, boy. And so on October, late on October 28th, um, someone posting under the name Fat Old Man posted on... Nice. Posted on the RANT um, that he had a hot rumor about the Clinton investigation. And now, let me see what a fat old man would sound like. Hold on. Yeah. The feds were forced to reopen the Hillary email case. Stop. <sighs> Apparently, the NYPD sex crimes unit was involved in the Wiener case. On his laptop, they saw emails. They notified the FBI. Feds was afraid that NYPD would go public, so they had to reopen or be accused of cover-up. <sighs> So he doesn't say any of the sex trafficking stuff. He just says that they're checking Wiener's emails? Yeah. Uh, actually, everything in that email, everything in that post might be true, I guess, for all for all I know. Um, 
but this is where it's it's starting to that and that was 10 hours before Carmen so did Carmen see that post uh, that's the connection Rolling Stone tries to draw but they they sure don't know um, in any case the Carmen Katz post was reposted the next day October 30th by another fake account an at David Goldberg and why which the bio claims that it's a um, Jewish lawyer from New York, but he like only tweets and retweets white supremacist propaganda. I find it really weird that both of these people are probably using fake names and they both pick Jewish last names. I believe the David Goldberg one is actually owned by like a group, like a white supremacist group. My assertion stands. I think that's a really weird thing that they're doing. Well, it gives them legit... It's like, well, look, he's not some conservative. He's Jewish. <laughs> he's a Jewish. Just, he couldn't be a Republican. Just like Ben Shapiro. Um, yeah. Hey, Ben, if you want to come on the show... No. Hey, Ben, if you want to come on the show, uh, you know. Don't. <laughs> uh, this David Goldberg NY tweeted screen grabs of that Carmen Katz post twice in this, in, on October 30th, both times with the message... I have been hearing the same thing from my NYPD buddies, too. Next couple days will be interesting! Exclamation point. Okay. Goldberg's tweet. I'm just imagining this is Goldberg from WWE. Yes, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> uh, in any case, Bill Goldberg's tweet. Uh, remember, he posted it twice for whatever reason. Um, maybe that's algorithmically successful for the for the bots. I'm not sure. But one of those was retweeted 6,369 times. Up top, Up my, top bro my brother. <laughs> and the conspiracy spread from there. Actually, according to Indiana University, in the first five weeks after October 29th, the word Pizzagate or like Pizzagate type ideas because Pizzagate, had, we hadn't even said it yet at this point, right? Um, but in these first five weeks, this theory was shared in some way or another on social media over 1.4 million times. Many of those were by bots, which you can tell because they have handles made up of random letters and numbers. And they tend to post like only about puppies, kittens, and conservative politics. <laughs> and um, this is so the first week that this is happening... Is there something like really important going on in the world that first week? You mean like the like a presidential election? I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there sure was. Interesting. Uh, what's really interesting, though, there's evidence of like Russian interference in this Pizzagate story, but not until after the election. Hmm. So, like, Russia did have an interest in spreading this, but not to help Donald Trump win the election. Hmm. Try to explain that. I don't know. I couldn't and I wouldn't. Um, so many bots, but also some people. Um, one of the people Rolling Stone found was a there was a 50-year-old uh, a Pennsylvania grandmother had tweeted about Pizzagate more than 4,000 times over that five-week span. Honey, pick up sewing or something. So, And that's what you'll see with this. And with QAnon stuff, the the people who get into it get real into it. 4,000 times. I don't know if I've even tweeted 4,000 times. I, can you? Uh, yeah, I, I can't even. And there probably weren't 4,000 articles, so she had to be, like, posting some of the same links a few times. 
Um, because there were links going up now at this point. Within the first couple days, uh, you were seeing articles about this possible sex scandal in, f- like, total fake news sites like Your Newswire, mm-hmm. um, conservativedailypost.com, that kind of thing. From there, it spread to your Breitbart's, kind of going a step up the uh, uh, legitimacy ladder, and finally ending up on Fox News. So this is just the vague sex yacht trafficking thing to do with Hillary stuff at this point. There's no Pizzagate. That's correct. By that name. Yes, there's no Pizzagate by that name. Uh, it's just a lot of Anthony Weiner sex, uh, sex <laughs> Anthony Weiner. And there's been, it, basically going from that original like non-source, going like, some have said, uh, police sources claim that... Right, and that's just fat old guy? Um, Big fat guy, whatever his name was? Worse, I think it probably was just Carmen Katz's NYPD friends. And remember, Carmen Katz lived in Missouri and well, was not real. Right. So what I'm saying is she probably got it from that fat old guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what his username is on that uh, forum. Yes, I think that's probably a good bet. Unless... If it came 10 hours before, makes sense. Yeah. Why is she reading the New York cop blog, though? Trying to find anything interesting, I guess. It's probably like listening into um, the police scanner. So rumblings about Hillary's emails and intimations about what they may contain were now hitting Breitbart and Fox News and, oh yeah, also Infowars. Because on November 2nd, our old friend Alex Jones had a Doug Hagman on Infowars. Now, if you're not familiar with Infowars, Doug... uh, Alex Jones. How would you describe Alex Jones? He's like a like a screaming he's ground like, beef he, patty in a, he, in a white shirt. He's like a living heart attack. <laughs> yeah. He's like if a heart attack became a person. Yeah. He's always yelling like this. And um, he's a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, oh, who was that guy? Glenn Beck. Yeah, but further than Glenn Beck. No, I mean further than that, but like that kind of sort of bloviating, yelling a lot sort of thing. But he has his own InfoWars channel, I think he streams, um, and he he yells about uh, like gay frogs and things like that. Yeah. And hamburgers and, and such. I'm not. Lot. I'm not just put, like he. He's gone on rants about these things. A lot of screaming, a lot of sweating. Um, he has a brand. I. I think he's running an entertainment show. Really. Yes, and I, that's I what he said the to jail. the judge. I think of his custody case for his divorce. He also said something like he'd had a lot of chili and couldn't concentrate. So. You know. <laughs> Well, on November 2nd, 2016, Alex Jones had a Doug Hagman on InfoWars. The Doug Hagman? Hagman, yes, of course. Doug Hagman, the self-declared private investigator and the host of HagmanReport.com. Wow. Doug had been looking into these potential allegations uh, on InfoWars' behalf, and he said, The most disgusting aspect of this is the sexual angle. I don't want to be graphic or gross here, but But based on my source, (laughs) Hillary did in fact participate in some of the junkets on the Lolita Express. Junkets? Yeah, but press junkets. (laughs) Junkets? 
I don't think reporters were allowed on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Yeah, so just to clarify, the Lolita Express is Jeffrey Epstein's private plane. Jeffrey Epstein, who you may have heard of, was a pedophile, very rich. Um, was or is, himself, more on that later. <laughs> question mark, in prison. Uh, and just uh, a dirtbag. Yes. So. Yes. Um, now, how did Hagman, where did Hagman get his information from? Where, how God did his... knows. Well, he said, he told Alex Jones on the show that a friend of a friend mm. was on the task force that secured the computer from Anthony Weiner. Okay. And that friend had copied over the documents proving that Clinton was involved in pedophilia onto a thumb drive. So they were just like sending emails to each other like, <laughs> that pedophilia though, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem very secure. Well, there, I don't think Alex Jones talked about Frazzle Drip on this. Um, Fraggle Rock? On this show, but soon a rumor was spawned. I, I cannot find the genesis of this, but a rumor was spawned on the internet somewhere around this time that there was a video file on Anthony Weiner's phone with the file name Frazzle Drip. And that the file showed Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton slurping down the blood of a child, uh, a recently killed child, while wearing that child's face in two different pieces as masks. It was called Frazzle Drip. I feel like that's not a very good mask. Half of a child. I know, but Carrie, it's really about uh, inspiring fear in the child so you can properly uh, harvest their, uh, their fear. Like Pennywise the Clown? Yes. Oh, I, f I forgot to tell you. You all taste so good when you're afraid. Democrats and movie stars are all Pennywise the Clown, which we'll get into later. Uh, okay. So <laughs> what does Frazzle Drip mean? That was just the name of the file, supposedly. Okay. Like when you get a new Wi-Fi and it's like, you know. A random string of letters and numbers is the password. Yeah, like. Yeah. Frazzle Drip is all book, of my passwords. five, four, four, five. So if you, see the, if you see Frazzle Drip referenced online, that's what they're referencing. Cool. They're, it's not like it a Fraggle like a Rock spinoff. It sounds like a creepypasta. Yes, it is basically a creepypasta. Because hmm. it's a thing someone made up on the internet. Um. So yeah, Hagman uh, never saw this thumb drive. He's never met the guy who had the thumb drive, but he that, that that was the basis for his claims. So this is the first mention of the Frazzle Drip video. Uh, Frazzle Drip wasn't mentioned, I don't think, on that Alex Jones show. Oh, I see. That just came out I, on the on the internet. People were speculating what could be on this phone. Mm -hmm. Well, I heard. Uh, now on that same day, November second, twenty sixteen. Former General Michael Flynn, who was a prominent member of Trump's campaign team, uh, tweeted out, You decide. That's you, like he's Prince. Oh, boy. The letter U. You decide. NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary emails. Money laundering, sex crimes with children, etc. Must read. He then enclosed a link to truepundit.com. As opposed to wrongpundit.com? I believe True Pundit is another one of those fake news sites. Oh, oh, it sounds very much like that. I say I believe because I tried to visit it for this uh, podcast. I hope you didn't do that on my work computer. Well, it wouldn't matter if I did because it, it returned a host error. Every machine I tried this on, it wasn't that the page doesn't exist. 
It was there was a problem on the server's end. Sure. Almost like once the election was over, there was no more need for the website. Um, by the way, I was reading about how these fake news sites work. In like Macedonia, there was a ton of these all in like the same city block. And they would all just, so they would, you, all you need is an internet connection to start this business, right? And these people who don't speak English, they're Macedonian. They just read Breitbart, Infowars, Daily Caller, and repost the articles, uh, sometimes kind of sensationaling up sensationalizing well, how, the headlines how would they know how to do that if they don't speak english i'm sorry they do speak english some of them do speak english but none of them have any idea of american politics the only way they have to write these posts is is by copying them from other places so basically it's all about getting clicks it is and during the 2016 election there was no better way to get clicks than blowing conservative dog whistles and mentioning donald trump frankly mm-hmm. uh, two days later on November 4th, 2016, Eric Prince appeared on Breitbart News. Um, now, he's Betsy DeVos's brother. Mm-hmm. Which I assume is why he was considered, you know, like, even worth in- interviewing. Uh, but he said on Breitbart News, Well, because of Wienergate and the sexting scandal, the NYPD started investigating. They found a lot of other really damning criminal information, including including money laundering. Including the fact that Hillary went to this sex island with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Clinton went there more than 20 times. Hillary Clinton went there at least six times. Commenting on this development later that same day, Alex Jones on his show was screaming, When I think about all the children that Hillary Clinton has personally murdered and jumped up and raped... Yeah, you heard me right. Hillary Clinton has personally murdered children. Uh, No allegedly about it. Direct quote. Question. Um, I've heard that Bill Clinton was on the Epstein logs or whatever. Was Hillary on them? Uh, I have. I don't believe so. No. no I've never. Uh, I never heard from actual sources that she was on it. I know Bill was, but yeah, there's pictures out there of Bill Clinton with Jeffrey Epstein. There's pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with a lot of uh, rich and famous people. I've never seen one of him with Hillary, and I've never heard that Hillary, other than this right here, I've never heard that Hillary was on uh, Epstein's plane, although I do think Bill took took a trip or two. Yes. Jeffrey Epstein, one of the scary, weird, horrifying parts about him was he was very well-connected and successful. Well, one thing he loved to do was fund like scientific and social research. Huge philanthropist. Yeah. Like he donated a lot of money to ostensibly good causes and he had a lot of connections that were politicians and scientists and famous people and rich people and everything like that. Because if everybody owes you, then everybody will help you hide your sex slaves. I assume that's the idea. Or at least they wouldn't um, look at you hard enough to know that you had sex slaves. Right. Because I'm sure some of these scientists or whatever, they're probably not (laughs) party to sex trafficking or something like that. But if they know that if people who are investigating you uh, know that you're connected to a lot of like people that are doing good in the world, then maybe they won't look too hard. Anyway. More on Epstein later, unfortunately. Um, Now, November 4th also appears to be the first time the hashtag Pizzagate was used. Now, when is the uh, election? What day? That was Tuesday, November 8th. Okay, so this is the same week. This is just days before the election. Yep, it's the end of the last week. 
And Pizzagate is, for the first time, appearing on that beautiful platform called Twitter. Um, because, you see, internet trolls and internet sleuths had been hard at work since the Podesta emails came out, combing through them for coded references. And uh, ever since the Clinton rumors had started with the Anthony Weiner discovery, they were coding... Th- they were combing through those emails for coded references to pedophilic activity specifically. Mm-hmm. And they would kind of have to come up with their own code because there's nothing to say what it would be because it's a code. Right. Well, one 4chan user helpfully noted that pedophiles will often use CP on their like pedophile message boards to denote child pornography mm-hmm. to get around, you know, the feds looking for them. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't notice, cheese pizza also starts with C and P. Oh, that puts Home Alone in a whole new light. It sure does, yeah. Large cheese pizza, just for me. Kevin! Now, what you don't know, Carrie, is that in a few of these emails, like at, like at least two or three times, Podesta mentions that he would like to have cheese pizza for lunch. We just had cheese pizza for dinner. We did, yeah. It, uh, it was actually cheese pizza. No, real real it cheese. Was, it was really cheese pizza. Real, real cheese pizza. not code. <laughs> so they're saying that... But he's not saying CP. He's saying cheese pizza. But yes. they're saying they're that saying, that's well, CP, sometimes... that, which is child pornography. Yes. So he's saying... They're saying he would like child pornography for lunch? For lunch. Is lunch something else? No, I Nope. Okay. Just at lunchtime, bring some child pornography over here. You know, normal office stuff. But it's also, to be clear, on the on these alleged pedophile message boards, they're not using cheese pizza as code for pornography. No. They're using CP. Right. And these uh, internet, the, the internet's just expanding as the internet does. Well, I'm sure if it was pepperoni pizza, it would be PP, and then that they would find something bad about that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, also mentioned in those emails was a James Alephantis, who was the owner of a D.C. area restaurant called Comet Ping Pong Pizza. It is what it sounds like. It's a pizza place. Um, they've got kind of an industrial, modern, chic look to them. Uh, you go inside. They're playing cool tunes. There's um, They're playing cool ping pong. There's ping pong tables in the back, and they serve pizza. Okay. Is that where they were ordering this pizza from? No, but uh, Alephantis had emailed John Podesta eight years earlier. Because remember, all of John Podesta's emails got hacked. So eight years earlier. 2008-ish. Uh, yes. James Alephantis had emailed Podesta asking about a possible Democratic fundraiser at Comet Ping Pong Pizza. Okay. Alephantis had also used to date David Brock, who's a very influential kind of Democratic activist. He's He's... Big into like media matters and uh, uh, basically he's basically made it his mission to be a pain in Fox News's ass. Mm-hmm. So he's not popular amongst conservatives. And once his name came up in these um, documents, especially that he used to <gasps> gay date the owner of this pizza place. <laughs> not a gay date. Um, and he was friends with Podesta's brother, Tony Podesta. So mm-hmm. people started going, but this Alephantis is coming up a lot. Well, to me, that sounds like 
a friend of a friend situation. You own this pizza place. Your boyfriend says, hey, I know Podesta's brother. I can hook you up if you want to try to host a fundraiser. Um, I have his email address. I don't then- have a boyfriend, by the way. <laughs> guy who's like really insecure about his sexuality uh and then you email the guy and say and say hey my boyfriend knows your brother just wondering about if you would want to do this etc yeah it's true or maybe alifantis like networking was really emailing asking about a possible sexual satanic pedophile ritual at comet ping pong pizza because we all know about podesta's predilection for (laughs) cheese pizza cheese pizza I mean, eight years previously, it's very tenuous. I probably have an email from someone who owns a pizza place within the last 10 years of my life. Oh, shit. Our friend Pane's family owns a pizza place. Is he part of Pizzagate? Oh, we should have had him on as a guest. (laughs) I wonder if he would have done that. Uh, Well, it would be bad if we were like... cheese pizza expert and then we told him what cheese pizza means (laughs) i think he would be very upset oh no (laughs) that's not what i meant um so sensational stories about sensational speculation about sensational satanic child abuse uh were being reported in far-right media and then being tweeted by old ladies russian bots and occasionally members of the trump campaign team um, on November 16th, 2016, execrable Twitter troll J- Jack Pazobiec. So this is post-election at this point. Yes. So Jack Pazobiec periscoped a, a trip to Comet Ping Pong on November 16th, where he, quote, investigated. <laughs> you remember Periscope, by the way? Yeah, it's kind of like a Facebook Live, Instagram Live, TikTok sort of thing yep exactly i mostly saw drag queens on it that's what i was looking at it for pasobiak showed his viewers a double pane of glass in the kitchen some security cameras and a cashier who was disinterested and texting and he pointed to all of these as evidence that there was something else going on just below the surface yes i've never encountered a disinterested youth at a pizza place it was around this time that comet ping pong pizza started getting death threats Elefantis said he called the police and the FBI to no avail. People are crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the internet uh, sleuths were still at it. Uh, on 4chan, 8chan, and Reddit, investigators. Uh, all... <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yep. Uh, the holy trinity of internet uh, trolls. Uh-huh. These um, gumshoes started posting personal information of Democratic operatives and Comet Ping Pong employees to help others, quote, investigate them. I'm talking about addresses, email addresses, phone numbers. Yeah, they were, um, what's the word? Doxing. Doxing them, yeah. And that's why on November 22nd, our Pizzagate, the subreddit that had been set up for discussing this topic, uh, was shut down for all of the blatantly stolen private information. The mods left one last message on the board. We have all made life insurance videos. We have all vowed to continue this fight. You have only increased our number. This morning we were numerous. Tonight we are legion. Ah, uh, the internet. The thing about these things is that um, if you make someone feel important where they don't anywhere else in their life, um, if they feel like they're part of a cause, 
that gives them reason to live and reason to do things. And that can be very powerful and very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, by the way, on November 23rd, so the day after the Pizzagate sub was shut down, uh, InfoWars posted a video called Pizzagate is Real. Again, no allegedly, just period. So he wasn't worried about uh, whether it was whether it was a dangerous um, uh, idea to be promoting. In fact, on November 27th, Alex Jones dedicated a full half hour to screaming, screaming about Pizzagate. And on December 1st, he followed that up with a video called Pizzagate, The Bigger Picture, which started looking into the links to a possible national conspiracy of Satanist sex uh, offenders. So here's here's where Satan comes in, right? Because, sure, they're eating babies, but are they doing it for Satan, Sean? Where, where does the devil come into this? The devil, there's never been there's never been a shred of evidence or information that I've seen that actually connects the devil. Oh, there never is. Well, no, of course, but <laughs> but I mean they, they don't even tell you where that connection comes in. It's it's always just as if well, they're they're killing babies so it has to be of satanists. Of course it would be satanists. Got it. And so they're killing babies in satanic rituals. Not just rituals. Right. Now, how it's curious. What what do you mean by I don't see how an idea could be dangerous, Carrie. I don't see how people just discussing stuff on the internet could be dangerous unless as happened on December 4th of 2016, a father of two from Salisbury, North Carolina takes an assault rifle to the pizza place. So this is barely a month after this even was a blip on the radar. 5 weeks. So who's this guy? Edgar Madison Welch was his name. He went by Madison. Didn't like the Edgar. Okay. But he did like Madison, I guess. <laughs> On December 1st, he had been watching uh, Alex Jones videos and texted a friend December 1st. So let's see. So Alex Jones had just posted Pizzagate, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And Edgar Welch texted a friend asking him to join him for a, for a job, for this uh, for a quest, if you will. The text said, quote, raiding a pedo ring, possibly sacrificing the lives of a few for the lives of many, standing up against a corrupt system that kidnaps, tortures and rapes babies and children in their own backyards. The text back from his friend said, sounds like we are freeing some oppressed pizza from the hands of an evil pizza joint. Uh, that poor person. Um, Ironically, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons would have been a great thing for this Madison. Well, he obviously fella. loves a quest. Yeah, exactly. Again, you make someone feel important and like they're on a quest. I mean, that's all they need. That's all people need sometimes. And three days later, on December 4th, Welch armed himself with his AR 15, a 38 handgun, and a folding knife. And he walked right in the front door of Comet Ping Pong Pizza. and uh, With an AR-15? Yeah, with a rifle. Jesus. And while waitstaff went quickly around to tables, quickly and quietly whispering, Okay, we're going to get out of this. Just get out of the store. We're going to get out of the restaurant. All right, just get up calmly and leave. That's so scary. Welch wheeled into the kitchen, shot the lock. This is like a, a full comedy of errors, except that it's not a comedy for the people in the the pizza place? Sure. But he, like, walks into the kitchen like, where are you keeping them kids? He shoots a lock off of a, uh, like, 
closet or cabinet. Mm-hmm. And there's fresh cooking supplies inside, of course. Sure. And then he like turned over, turned around, threw a door open. And there was like a guy bringing in pizza dough. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a guy like on the toilet, like, oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> but he didn't shoot that guy. He didn't shoot anyone. He shot uh, at least once because he shot the lock off of that cabinet. Um, he was looking for the basement. That's where he, internet friends had told him the children would be found. Uh, Comet Ping Pong Pizza, like the Alamo, doesn't have a basement. And, and I'm sure you can, well, people will say that it was covered up and everything, but I'm sure you could also see that in blueprints and stuff with the town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well unless, yeah, like you say, yeah, the town could have up. Satanists. Yeah. Every t- Every good town has Satanists, Sean. It wasn't long before the poli- pro- it wasn't long before the police surrounded Comet Ping Pong and Welch had surrendered 45 minutes later. He told them he was there to self-investigate the pizza joint. Okay. Uh, interestingly, after this, Alex Jones apologized for his comments about Comet Ping Pong and Alephantis and and really backed off, not on the national conspiracy of pedophiles but only on the connection to comet ping pong pizza right because it was too specific that he wouldn't get sued about it but if you just say it's everyone then not everyone can sue you meanwhile the terrible jack prosobiak said that welch had been a false flag actor meant to discredit pizzagate (sighs) and michael flynn jr the son of the great general tweeted an until, this is after the shooting, remember? Until hashtag Pizzagate proven to be false, it'll remain a story. The left seems to forget hashtag Podesta emails and the many coincidences tied to it. Coincidences is in uh, sarcastic quotes there. Obviously. Flynn Jr. and a buddy named David Seaman would... Re- oh, what? Yeah, it's fun. They would later... S-E-A-M-A-N. Oh, okay. They would later try to pivot this whole Pizzagate thing into Pedogate um, because Pizzagate, cra- Pizzagate hashtags got very unfashionable after the actual act of violence. Uh, and there was a s- super strong effort by social media companies to crack down on uh, talk of the conspiracy, the same kind of talk that had led to this incident. Yeah, Pedogate seems like a much less upsetting hashtag. And on David Seaman's YouTube page, he Stop. He, w- he would go on to allege that it wasn't just this Comet Ping Pong Pizza, it wasn't just Podesta and Clinton, but Jake Tapper, Stephen Colbert, no. the Podesta brothers, and the aforementioned David Brock, of course, were all part of uh, this conspiracy. He's the, Jake they, Tapper and Stephen Colbert, my boys! I know, Pedogate, Carrie, I'm, su- Why I'm sorry them? to tell you, it, it's, it's all, it's a satanic, Why them? Because they don't like Donald Trump, I would assume. I guess. It's a satanic cabal of elites engaged in a vast government conspiracy to rape small children and sell them into slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedogate never really had the cachet. It doesn't have as catchy a name as Pizzagate. It- well, it's just grosser, but you would expect that from someone named Seaman. <laughs> and with the chilling effect of... Edgar Madison Welch's, you know, uh, self-directed tour, shall we say? Self-investigation. Self-investigation. He, he should do some self-investigation in a therapist's office, I think. I do a lot. I do a lot of self-investigation every day. You know that. 
So Pizzagate. <laughs> so Pizzagate. Or you're talk, a real David Seaman over here. So Pizzagate talk was really, um, really started to die out after that. But it wouldn't be too long before it would rear its ugly head again. This time with a new form, because when we come back, Caroline. Calzone Gate. No, no, not Calzone Gate. But in 2017, QAnon began. And Pizzagate fit right in over there. Oh, boy. After the break. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins. Convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. And I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. You're here, which means you love podcasts, but are you looking for another kind of entertainment on the go? Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to memoirs, news, business, and more. By signing up for a free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash scary, you'll receive access to thousands of titles with one credit toward any audiobook and two Audible originals, free during your trial and then with subscription each month after. Personally, my favorite Audible title is also my favorite book, It by Stephen King. I went into this audiobook ready to judge because I've loved this novel since I was a kid, but between the stellar production value and the truly breathtaking narration performance by actor Stephen Weber, I was 100% all in. If you like this podcast and have a strong stomach, I think you will be too. Not into audiobooks? No problem. With podcasts, theatrical performances, guided meditations, and more, Audible offers something for everyone. So what are you waiting for? Get started now. And hey, you'll be helping support the podcast. Visit our link at www.audibletrial.com slash ain't it scary for a free trial. That's www.audibletrial.com slash A-I-N-T-I-T-S-C-A-R-Y. Audible. Listen more. Welcome back. As we were leaving you, I teased the advent of a little guy who's been with us in American politics ever since 2017. Carrie, of course, I'm talking about our old pal Q. You're really using our old friend very loosely this episode. Um, Q, for those who don't know, is an anonymous um, anonymous web poster who suppose who claims to have Q level clearance in the government. Which is apparently a thing. Yes, which is, that is the top, it's the secret clearance, so secret that you're not even allowed to know it exists. Q-level clearance, 
this Q has been anonymously, hence Q Anon, uh, posting little tidbits or breadcrumbs for the Anons who like to follow Q, and people like to pick apart the pick, pick apart these breadcrumbs and um, I guess see what they want in them. This started on 4chan. This did start on 4chan, yes. Um, but I'm going to go back a little bit before then. The true origin, to, to get to the true origin, at an October 2017 White House dinner, uh, Trump was being photographed with a bunch of military officers. And he said, do you know what this represents? This is to the cameras. Maybe this is the calm before the storm. Could be the calm before the storm. The reporters with in the those room, reassuring words, with like a smile on his face. The the reporters in the room, um, he, like a knowing smile, you know, a Trump smile. The reporters in the room uh, were a little taken aback. Someone said, uh, "What storm, Mr. President?" And uh, Trump said, in a, in the most Trump way, "You'll find out." Okay. Later that month, on October twenty eighth. <laughs> This mysterious anonymous poster with Q-level clearance made their first post. And readers on 4chan's Paul board, P-O-L, that's the politics board, um, immediately saw this as a reference to the storm that Trump had mentioned earlier in the month. Sure. The post said, HRC extradition already in motion, effective yesterday, with several countries in case of cross-border run. Passport approved to be flagged, effective 10.30 at 12.01 a.m. Expect massive riots organized in defiance and others fleeing the U.S. to occur. USMs will conduct the operation while NG activated. Proof check. Locate an NG member and ask if activated for duty 10.30 across most major cities. Okay. The, Paul, the POL board interpreted this as word from on high that action against the deep state pedophiles was finally imminent, and the hunt for further Q breadcrumbs was off. The moderators of the POL board reached out to, to some YouTubers who were commenting on Q's post to try to get... I mean, they actively promoted this mm-hmm. because they saw that it could you know, be a, be a good thing for the board, I guess, right? Bring in some traffic. So a Tracy Diaz was one of these. Um, Tracy's largest previous video had been about Pizzagate, and it went for like a couple thousand views. Um, at the behest of these moderators, she threw up a video called POLQ Clearance Anon. Is it hashtag happening? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is it, is it hashtag happening? That video got 250,000 views. And officially kicked off a whole subgenre of weird conspiracy YouTube where people just pick apart these cued drops and breadcrumbs and uh, look for clues. It's uh, Diaz who first suggested they get onto other platforms as well. So the mods uh, started a, a Reddit, a subreddit. It was CBTS Stream. Um, don't go looking for it now. There's an underscore in between those. Don't go looking for it now because. Um, that was shut down in March 2018 for, you guessed it, posting personal and confidential information. Doxing. Doxing. QTalk grew from Reddit over into Facebook, and there it found an older uh, audience that was quite receptive. Because that older, those Facebook folks are... They probably had no clue what 4chan or any of that was. Well, but they also have a very specific media diet. They're not getting all the food groups. No. 
meanwhile, Q, Q eventually stopped posting on 4chan, moved over to 8chan. They told their followers that uh, they feared 4chan may have been infiltrated, which I don't know what that means, given that it's a public message board. <laughs> right, like infiltrated by... Whom? <laughs> by the, all the people Democrats? who just read this? Uh-huh. A whole kind, a whole kind of subculture and uh, lingo developed around this. Um, QAnon followers are waiting for uh, the storm or the great awakening. It's really like religious language. The rapture verbiage. It is sort of a rapture-like experience, where um, the storm, of course, is Donald Trump coming with the U.S. military. Who's so in, he's he in said the... that there was the calm before the storm. Yes, and so but he is also the storm. Well, no, it's the storm is when he will come in and perform a coup to remove all of the deep state actors and pedophiles from our government and from Hollywood and sweep in a new uh, utopia of military um, rule. No, not to get political, but this is also the man that has several charges of rape at him. I don't know if he's ever been charged. Well, several accusations, accusations of rape. Yes. And it pedophilia, is. in some cases. Including a, a, he was a co-defendant with Jeffrey Epstein once, but that's... Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, that one. But he was like deep undercover, right? That's why he was with Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, of course. There are pictures of Donald Trump with Jeffrey Epstein, and, and yes, that is part of this. Trump was taking him down. Now, Q doesn't post detailed conspiracies, accounts, histories, or plans, just quasi-militaristic sounding nonsense like you heard me quote before. That you can kind of interpret in a bunch of different ways. Yes, and so the web sleuths comb through those messages and put together the larger tapestry. Um, so it's like a fun game you can play when you're taking a break from um, hoarding whey protein and shotgun shells. And gold! And gold! Beauty beautiful gold! Um, when predictions end up being wrong, they're brushed aside as necessary misinformation to preserve the plausible deniability of this uh, high-level government informant. Originally, the storm was, uh, as I said, supposed to come on October 30th. No storm. Q moved the date of the storm to November 3rd. Still no storm. In fact, there hasn't been any uh, well, Q sweeping. Liked, Q wanted to celebrate Halloween. It's very important yes. to Q, so we had to move it like five days. There hasn't been any sweeping arrest of secret pedophiles um, that I've been aware of. And well, secret looked. arrests of secret pedophiles, Sean. You don't know. Oh, that could be. Uh, Q said on February 26th, 2018, all of President Trump's enemies would be suicided en masse. There were no notable suicides at all on that day. Uh, Q said there was a smoking gun video of Hillary Clinton coming March 2018 sometime. Fraggle Rock? Frazzle Drip? Didn't say Frazzle Drip, but it was speculated that that might be the video. Mm -hmm. The video did not come. Hmm. Um, multiple times for each of these, moving the dates back each time, Q predicted that Mark Zuckerberg would resign it's from like Facebook. It's like moving back and, the apocalypse. Well, Exactly. He also claimed Pope Francis would be arrested for felonies, that John McCain would resign from the U.S. Senate. He died in the U.S. Senate. Um, well, that's kind of resigning. From life, yes. Mm -hmm. And that Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey would be forced to resign. All of those Jack were, must have been like, at two QAnon? All of those were, exactly like you say, pushed back several times like a cult apocalypse. Just like, no, 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 this time it's really coming, guys. And the 
QAnon followers have taken the sword and run with it, if you will. Um, there hasn't been a new Q drop, which is what the uh, these little information parcels are called, uh, since December 8th of 2020. I didn't even realize it was that recent, to be honest. Yeah, that was the last one, and um, certainly since the since the inauguration, and certainly since the Capitol uh, riots, there hasn't been any uh, Q stuff. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. More of that later. Well, I will say, in terms of the mass arrests and stuff, there was some conspiracy talk in um, early COVID times that that was actually happening. And COVID was kind of a cover-up, maybe. But, like, some of the people that had contracted it, like Tom Hanks, who was mentioned, uh, much to my dismay, because, you know, he's a national treasure. He was mentioned as he doesn't really have COVID. Um, he was arrested f for being part of this pedophile ring. Oh, and God. if you watch the videos that he's posting on social media where he's talking about, like, I'm fine, but, you know, be careful, that kind of stuff. It's like the door's locked behind him and, like, he's in a cell, all that stuff. There was a lot of conspiracy talk around um, people like him. Well, there was also a lot of talk about just when celebrities started posting um, to social media just from their houses, not with a team of makeup people and stuff. Yep, Ellen was one of them that was like, Ellen's posting from prison, or, they're making it look good. Or they thought they might just be short on adrenochrome. Oh, because they didn't look as good. Yes. Now, what's adrenochrome, Sean? Oh, I was going to save this because searches for adrenochrome actually spiked in March and June of 2020, mm -hmm. which is weird. No, because people were home and they had a lot of time on the internet on their hands. Uh, Adrenochrome was featured in a February 2019 InfoWars segment um, that linked Adrenochrome to the Clinton Foundation's connection with EpiPen manufacturer. Uh, and then he yelled for a while about this company called Ambrosia that... Uh, it's a startup that's gone now. Ambrosia it, Chocolates, where Jeffrey Dahmer worked? No, not that one. <laughs> uh, this was a company that was going to provide, quote, young blood transfusions. Oh. They folded. Mm. Adrenochrome is said to be a mystical psychedelic. Oh, boy. That Hollywood elites and Democrats use to fuel their satanic blood orgies. It's harvested from children through torture. And the more scared the child, the tastier the adrenochrome. And the, the more intense the effect. high you get from it. Yes, the, the Pennywise. Is adrenochrome an actual thing? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, or is it like the force? <laughs> it's a compound produced from the oxidation of adrenaline. It's used as an as like a clotting aid mm -hmm. um, in, in very, very small amounts. In slightly larger amounts, it can cause like like really unpleasant mental side effects. I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call it a high or a hallucination exactly. Um, it sounds like like disorientation and uh, heart palpitations and confusion, and some studies in the fifties and sixties linked it potentially to schizophrenia. Like too much of it in your body mm -hmm. could be linked to schizophrenia. Uh, I don't know. Out, but for a while, it was very trendy to think of this as something that would be a psychedelic because it it was like derived from adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And so Aldous Huxley, who loved psychedelics, um, wrote about adrenochrome in The Doors of Perception, his book about drugs, but he was just kind of guessing about it. Sure. I mean, it sounds like we're still guessing about it. 
Now, Hunter S. Thompson, naturally, had read The Doors of Perception, and he took this and ran with it in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where Benicio Del Toro's character, Dr. Gonzo, says adrenochrome is harvested from the adrenal glands of living humans, and he says it, quote, makes pure mescaline look like ginger beer, man. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, Hunter S. Thompson says he made the effects of adrenochrome up. Uh, Terry Gilliam, who directed the film, says adrenochrome is made up. And that scene is, I shit you not, the only thing I've ever seen cited as evidence for the existence of this mystical psychedelic. Uh, A piece of fiction. Yes. Cool. Again, it's like saying the force is real because of what's the thing in the blood with the force? Midichlorians? Yes. Midichlorians are not real. They're fictional. Well, exactly. But it's like saying, yeah, it's real because it's in Star Wars. of course. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the force is real, first of all. Now, the overarching tapestry woven by Q followers states that Democrats and Hollywood elites, backed by the famous Jewish family, the Rothschilds, oh boy, here it is, are running a global satanic cult and sex trafficking ring for the purposes of harvesting adrenochrome, which you can only get from the adrenal glands of terrified children. Well, apparently you can get adrenochrome from anyone, right? Yes, and you can also just buy it. If you're doing it's you can't it's it's pretty regulated because it's like super bad for you super poisonous. sure but I mean but, I'm sure it's easier than murdering children and drinking their blood if you're in a position of power if you're doing research you can buy unlimited amounts of adrenochrome you do not need to torture children to get it said to be involved in this besides the obvious the Barack Obama Hillary Clinton uh, George Soros celebrities like Patton Oswalt, Ellen DeGeneres. Patton Oswalt? Yeah, Tom Hanks, Katy Perry, and Chris Pratt have been implicated. Uh, yeah, Patton Oswalt, hilariously, uh, there's this doctored tweet where it's supposed to be a, Pete from, a tweet from Patton, and of course people just take the picture of it and, mm-hmm. re- and tweet that. And it's Patton Oswalt, uh, it's a, supposed to be a Patton Oswalt tweet, and it's him like giving two thumbs up next to a little boy... And then, like, uh, there's another lady who might not even be in posing with... The little boy might not be posing with them, but he's looking at the camera in a crowd behind Patton. And the caption is, Went on a hunt and caught this tasty morsel. Booyah! At Comet Ping Pong Pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Patton. I mean, he's the last person I would expect someone would rope into this. Booyah! Booyah. He's the last person I'd expect to use the words booyah. Why do they hate Patton Oswalt. I get why the people spreading this theory I, Well, around. I remember him being like politically active on Twitter and, and saying stuff about you know, the election and everything. That's fair. And nobody likes Ellen, so I get that one. Yep. Adrenochrome got a big boost on the internet uh, in May when this video entitled Adrenochrome, Those Who Know Cannot Sleep was released on YouTube. This was widely viewed before it was eventually removed. And it involved the the guy who posted it mostly reading directly from a Wikipedia page on screen. So I like I don't know how this got millions of views. Um, I found it telling that he couldn't pronounce any of the scientific words in the article. I found uh, a mirror of the video. So you can't find it on YouTube anymore, but, but I did yeah. find it to watch. Mm-hmm. The information must be known, Sean. And he basically... Reads part of the Wikipedia article. He stops before he gets to the part where Terry Gilliam says it has no psychoactive effects. Although that's on screen. (laughs) 
nice. then he just scrolls Twitter for a while. He's, he's, he has searched hashtag Adrenochrome, and he scrolls Twitter and shows you um, he shows you that tweet with Patton Oswalt, actually. <laughs> hilariously. Booyah. Booyah! Whammy! <laughs> and that's it. He shows you. He literally shows you the Hunter S. Thompson clip. Nice. Or the um, Fear and Loathing clip to go like Adrenochrome. It's it's real. Uh, there was another document. Uh, calling that one a documentary would be a stretch, but there was a documentary released on YouTube in April of 2020 called Out of Shadows. And this, um, from what I understand, got major traction on like Instagram it and TikTok. It sounds familiar, so I, I might have seen it on Conspiracy Talk. I think your Gen Z children um, got got into this big. Um, Out, of, Out of Shadows was a 77-minute documentary made by former stuntman Mike Smith. Um, given that he had worked in Hollywood, he felt positioned to reveal the satanic cabal in Hollywood. Uh, but the movie like spends... 15 minutes or so discussing Hollywood conglomeration. Like just going, just so you, in case you didn't know. Did it get anti-Semitic? All of the messages you're hearing come from, no, it actually, this one doesn't really get anti-Semitic. Um, he takes you through some interesting history. And as a lot of the information in this documentary is interesting and worth looking into. It's just not connected to a Hollywood cabal of pedophiles, but he talks about the motion picture Alliance uh, that we talked about Walt Disney starting. Yep. Um, although Mike Smith uses that as an example of uh, top-down censorship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like about the whole industry controlling messaging and stuff. But but that was just like a, a minority of conservative uh, producers in Hollywood trying to control communist messaging. So I, I think Mike's confused, but... Um, he mentions MK Ultra, and there's certainly a lot of interesting things to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike intimates that there's still MK Ultra mind control programs going on, but the only evidence he offers is a clip of Zoolander. Cool. Um, and then he does bring up Jeffrey Epstein, uh, just just to mention that he is proof that Pizzagate's real. Here's the thing: um, there's documented evidence that there are or has been pedophilia in hollywood and rape um especially now yeah especially I mean, over the last more few years. yeah even more of it is coming out so i don't understand why you have to like make up stories about it when there's plenty that just exist and are real well of course and that's actually i i think those morsels of truth your um your kevin spacey's um, or even your Matt Lowers. I know it wasn't kids with Matt Lauer, but but you know all all of these elites, to use a overused term, uh, abusing their power. Mm-hmm. That's a p- pretty common theme in the Life? news cycle. Well, in the news cycles of the last five years. But th- I mean, that's been a thing since the beginning of time. People abusing power. I know, but I think we're having a reckoning with it as a society right now. Yeah, I guess. Take Jeffrey Epstein. Possibly the the biggest example of that in the last few years. Of course, Epstein was arrested July 6th, 2019 for sex trafficking minors in Florida and New York. And again, he actually did that. So I don't know why we have to make up stories about other people drinking babies' blood when he's literally trafficking children. Well, remember that back when Hillary Clinton's emails were getting investigated, people were saying back then, oh, she hangs out with pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. So it's only natural that when he was once again arrested for being a pedophile, 
Um, Clinton and the rest pedophiles of this whole mess. Pedophiles be pedophiling. Yeah, for the internet uh, folks, that this br- brings this all right back into their heads. The circumstances of Epstein's death weren't helpful from a conspiracy angle. Do you think he really killed himself? I do, but I'm... I do, yes, but I'm not 100%. Um, Epstein died in jail August 10th. He was found by the guards kneeling on the floor of his cell with a sheet wrapped around his neck and the corner of his top bunk. Hanged. Hanged, yes. Um, He was found around 6.30 a.m. when they came out with dinner, uh, but he'd last been seen around 10.30 p.m. The guards were supposed to check him every half hour, but apparently both of the guards who were on shift fell asleep uh-huh. and hadn't come around since 1030. Listen, I too am kind of unsure, uh, but at the very best, I think they might have let him kill himself. Two cameras mal- malfunctioned outside of Epstein's cell. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post reported that there was still usable video of the incident, but... Um, Two cameras malfunctioned and a third had, quote, unusable video. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds suspicious. When Epstein's body was found, it was immediately rushed out of his cell and to the hospital. No photos were taken of the body. Mm -hmm. He had uh, broken bones in his neck, which you would expect with a hanging. Uh, But those included the hyoid bone, which is kind of, I think, in the front. Yeah, we we kind of learned a bit about this when we watched that documentary on Rebecca Zahal. Yes. Um, oh, was her highlight also broken? I think it was, it was, and it was one of those cases where it would be easier to like be strangled that way. Yes. The, than hang yourself that way. Yeah. The hyoid bone is often broken in a manual strangul in a manual strangulation. Um, but pretty rarely in a hanging. Um, apparently I saw one study, between 2010 and 2016, it looked at 264 hanging suicides. Must and o- have been a fun study to read. And only 16 of them had a broken hyoid. Yeah, it's just like the position that it's at. Yeah. Now, Epstein had, his lawyers said he was in good spirits earlier in the day, and he had been talking a lot about how he had compromising information about powerful people. Which I'm sure he did. So it's not surprising that speculation about his death um, started basically instantly on the internet. And if he was... So if Jeffrey Epstein was murdered... Suicided. Suicided. Um, if he was Epsteined, <laughs> at, which has become a verb now, mm-hmm. um, if he was Epsteined, then it would be presumably be to keep damning information he had out of the hands of the public. Yeah, so it would be... By someone who, who was originally friends with him or whatever, and he has dirt on. Had someone dirt on. Presumably who he shared, someone who shared his, you know, sexual predilections. predilections. Yes. His they, they always work. say predilections. We know what it means. Perversions. His perversions. But it also, so once again, there's the most, like... Epstein, there's a rich, powerful man who who just goes around doing whatever he wants, and um, no one had called him on his bullshit. He had actually pleaded guilty um, to sex crime charges back in... I think it was the earlier 2000s. Yeah, I want to say 2005, but I'm checking. 
Yeah, and he had a pretty sweet deal where he can, like, work and do all that stuff and kind of live normally, but return to jail or whatever at night or something like that. Um, oh, the it investigation wasn't really... started in 2005, by the way. He was convicted in 2008. He wasn't really jailed the way anyone else would have been. No. <laughs> So wait, you think he was suicided? <sighs> I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think at the very least, uh, something happened to allow him to kill himself. Because the guards were there and the cameras were there ostensibly, so he couldn't do that. But when like all five of those things go wrong at the same time, yeah. I think something happened. I don't know if he was murdered or he was just allowed to kill himself, but I think something happened. I think it would be crazy to think nothing happened. Co coincidences are possible. I That's mean, a the, big coincidence. But why? So do you think the medical examiner was just paid to not well, say what happened? he could have died by strangulation, but could it have been someone else or could it have been by hanging himself? The medical examiner thought he threw himself forcefully from the top bunk. Okay. I mean, they've gotten things wrong before, too. But I'm not saying that he didn't kill himself. I'm saying that it was allowed to happen, probably. We should do an episode on that Rebecca's the How thing. <sighs> That's a weird story. Now, it's possible the last big Pizzagate dust-up... Um, was in crust up crust up <laughs> uh, i love a pizza pun you're mm. making me hungry i'm going upstairs for more of that pizza regular actual pizza yes i, I again i must emphasize this is actual cheese pizza <laughs> in january 2020 justin bieber released a song called yummy yeah i remember this the connection yeah it was on it was on the ticking talk. Oh, okay. So you can you can talk to me. I, I'm super Not... curious about your uh, your experience with the the children of TikTok. But first, the children. The internet did become very interested in Yummy as a potential. I think that song's about cunnilingus. Oh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh huh. Um, but the internet, or some of the internet, quickly decided uh, that it was a kind of heartfelt confessional about Justin's experience being sexually trafficked. Mm -hmm. And they started looking for clues in the music video. And wouldn't you know it? Um, here's a, a, th a, here's an R conspiracy thread from anonymags seven. At the beginning of the video, you can see scared kids entertaining rich and elite adults who happen to look like John Podesta and more. In one of John Podesta's emails, the word yummy was used. <laughs> Throughout the video, you can see the elite eating and over-consuming, and the people who surround Bieber change all of the time. Then all of the young adults dance for the old and wealthy. At the end of the video, you can see only Justin and Podesta, and a waiter who may be L.A. Reed, who was accused of sexual assault after working with Bieber at a young age. Then a plate with dessert is shown with a young Bieber's face, which may represent him being abused as a child. How? Listen, even if he is making these references, it doesn't necessarily mean pedophile ring with John Podesta. It means, it could mean, the entertainment industry 
chews up and spits out young people and makes them perform for them for their own benefit. In Bieber's campaign. That's not even vaguely disguised. It's also not even vaguely surprising or profound. Exactly. In Bieber's campaign, he posted pictures of innocent babies and used the hashtag yummy, which was really creepy. It sort of sounds like what Avicii did on the video for A Better Day, accusing the elite for being pedos. He later suicided, as well as Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, and more. And now, connecting this with Jeffrey Epstein and what Ricky Gervais said at the Golden Globes, (laughs) it doesn't seem so impossible. Avicii and Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, I think, were all... Suicided, of course. Suicided because they were revealing stuff about sex trafficking. Oh, that really was internet theory? Still is. I didn't realize that connection was there. Still is, yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. But Corey Feldman's still out there. Yep. But maybe he's, he's one of those false flag types where it's like, well, he's so kooky and far gone... They'll think it's crazy coming from him. They always have to take the good ones. (laughs) In May of 2020, Justin Bieber was doing it. Bieber was doing an Instagram live when someone wrote in the comments in all caps, Justin, touch your hat. If the stories around yummy vid are true. Did he touch the hat? Justin, uh, shortly after raised two fingers and adjusted the beanie he was wearing slightly. Oh, Um, Pizzagate confirmed. Pizzagate confirmed. That's what everybody says. Um, But what's funny is he was kind of adjusting his beanie the whole video. You almost wonder if somebody chose to say this, you know, touch your hat because he was adjusting his hat. There actually is a comment in that comment section from early from before the Justin touch your hat (laughs) where a middle aged woman is the picture and uh, a woman named Sue Tor 46 had actually asked Justin to quote. Stop playing with your hat, please. It is distracting. (laughs) Distracting from the truth. She looks like a social studies teacher or something. She's, you know, intensely momish. Like I said, the entertainment industry is notoriously one that takes advantage of young people. So I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with any cabal. It's secret in that. It's happened, and we know about it, but we choose to ignore it a lot of the time. But now it's uh, becoming more public knowledge. The whole casting couch thing, and Mm -hmm. people like Harvey Weinstein forcing people to do things for his benefit. um, Kind of like blackmailing them in a way. You don't have to make up conspiracies about it. It's true. Right. You don't have to make it crazier or weirder. Well, the problem is the people who they want to get arrested aren't aren't being swept. Well, maybe they're not the ones doing it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but that's and it has nothing ch- to do with politics. I mean, I'm pretty sure Harvey Weinstein was like a liberal dude that gave a lot of liberal money to things. He was still a piece of shit. There are pieces of shit on both sides. That's right. That's what our great president said that time after Charlottesville. <laughs> but it's you know like. You don't have to make up a conspiracy about it. It's true. You're only making up a conspiracy because it might not be hitting the people you want it to hit. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, Did I mention spirit cooking? No. Okay. Um, Hashtag spirit cooking was going around a lot toward the beginning of the Pizzagate, the Pizzagate's first inflation. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that was because one of John Podesta's emails, I, I need to mention this because this is the only other concrete thing that people latched onto in those emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of John Podesta's emails was from performance artist Marina Abramovich. The, oh, the artist, the one that was, that did that video with Jay-Z or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she... She emailed John Podesta? Yeah, saying, I am so looking forward to the spirit cooking dinner at my place. Do you think we will be able to let me know if your brother is joining? Tony. Yes, Tony Podesta. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like what she was referring to, it, there was a Kickstarter campaign for the Marina Abramovich Institute... Uh, where backers of $10,000 or more got uh, the spirit cooking package, which was, quote, a dinner night with Marina, during which she will teach you and other backers at this level how to cook a series of traditional soups, which you will all enjoy together. The night will end with the making of a golden ball. Love a soup buffet. A recipe given to Marina in a Tibetan monastery. Now, spirit cooking references a performance work she did in 1996 called Spirit Cooking, uh, where she painted bizarre... um, recipes and i'm using big air quotes on that uh, on a wall in pig's blood Mm -hmm. stuff like um fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams sweet with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle of your left hand eat the pain Mm -hmm. art stuff so did john podesta give to this kickstarter his brother did ah gotcha um she also wrote a quote aphrodisiac cookbook of the same name that she had i guess scratched out with her own fingernails on on the printing plates i don't know she's an artist what are you gonna do she's an artiste that included phrases like spit inside your navel until the lake is filled ew lie motionless listen to the heartbeat of a dog that's just us trying to fall asleep uh but poe's usually snoring too loud to hear his heartbeat Infowars took this and ran with it uh, reporting that spirit cooking, quote, refers to a sacrament in the religion, religion of Thelema, which was founded by, their words here, Alistair Crowley, the Satanist. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it? Is it in Thelema? I mean, I'm sure that there are different versions of spirit cooking or whatever in different religions. She got something from a Tibetan religion, and that's spiritual. Has to do with cooking, spirit cooking. The problem is it's really hard, actually, to Google spirit cooking Thelema and not find just references to that InfoWars video. I'm sure. So I haven't been able to find that. I'm not an expert in Thelema or Aleister Crowley, whose life is far too complicated to get into here. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but that's um, that's about it. I, like I said, the, maybe before we cut the mics on, I, I told you, this is a low information episode. It's not a short episode, <laughs> but it's a low information episode because I haven't learned a single thing <laughs> in the last week. I swear to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, post all that stuff. Um, we had the JFK Jr., thing yes oh yeah there's more to the QAnon. yeah we've talked about that before i mean it's not gone there there aren't any q drops as of today july or oh no it's august yeah oh god it's august 4th as we august 4th um yeah there's nothing no new q drops or anything but QAnon is still there in the culture you'll hear a reference to it on the news every day 
And I doubt, as long as the community, the online community perpetuates itself. It's really like the Tea Party or something. Like, it's kind of a political ideology now. I don't think you're going to see any more Q drops ever. Unless maybe when it starts to pool down, like spin down, I could see. Like Harper Lee coming out with the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so I could see Q doing that. Um, and by the way, I've heard actually, I've heard that... Uh, the first Q drop was actually ghost written by Truman Capote. So <laughs> that's a conspiracy theory for another time. I was told. Well, <laughs> HRC is going to get eliminated. <laughs> Frizzle drop. Well, what did he say? Frazzle drip. Oh, you want some of my frazzle drip? <laughs> Ew. Oh, you want some of this frazzle drip? Oh, we just have. Did I mention that that's how they harvest the adrenochrome? Uh, drinking the blood? Yeah, doing yes. a good old frazzle drip. Yeah, frazzle dripping it out. Um, Carrie, the most interesting thing at the end of all this, in, in a final analysis, uh, I told you before, I, I think this has become depoliticized. And not QAnon. QAnon is as political as, as it gets. It's, it's just about Big Daddy Trump coming back. Um, but... I can see by your face that you don't like me calling him Big Daddy Trump. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> um, but your these TikTok children, when they pick this up, I mean, they probably those same people are probably also TikToking about Black Lives Matter and WandaVision, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like a Bernie bro. It goes so far left that it comes back around to right. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. If that's so far left, I don't want to be right. <laughs> 3 a.m., the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing 411, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. Want to treat your pup to something special? When you visit www.barkbox.com slash scary, you can receive a free month added to your plan when you sign up for a 6- or 12-month subscription. That's an extra month of two fun toys, two full-size bags of treats, and a tasty chew at no additional cost. Recent box themes have included Home Alone, Liquor Treat, and A Night at the Squeakeasy. Poe loves trying out new toys and treats, and he was psyched to get a BarkBox. Your pup will be too. So sign up at www.barkbox.com slash scary for a free month added to any 6- or 12-month subscription. That's BarkBox.com slash A-I-N-T-I-T-S-C-A-R-Y. Give your furry friends something to bark about. <laughs> It's Fear of the Final Frontier. Mm -hmm. 
An unexpected discovery in deep space has proven Einstein's theory of general relativity once again. Great, good for him. <laughs> Somebody let him know. <laughs> he needs a win, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Poor I. Poor L. <laughs> For the first time ever, astronomers have directly detected light from behind a supermassive black hole, reports CBS News. That's awesome. From behind? Mm -hmm. So not from inside, but like... No, from behind. Using the European Space Agency's XMM Newton and NASA's New Star Space Telescopes, researchers were observing a supermassive black hole at the center of a nearby spiral galaxy called, I think it's iZwicky, hmm. and that is 1,800 million light years away from Earth. This black hole, about 10 times about 10 million times more massive than our sun, was flinging x-rays out into the universe when smaller, differently colored flares were captured by the observers. As the study reported this week in the journal Nature, the echoes of light appeared consistent with x-rays reflected from behind the black hole. This is unprecedented, however. Generally, a black hole's gravitational pull is so powerful that light cannot escape it. Apparently, though, this light was wrapping around the back of the hole thanks to the gravity of the celestial phenomenon, allowing astronomers to see it. Interesting. So, like, the way it was, I don't know, slingshotting around the, the back being, of the black hole? It was being pulled around to the front from the back. Yeah, this is making me realize that I can only picture a black hole... I can only picture a hole as a two-dimensional object. Yeah, it's weird. Think of it, I guess, as like uh, the hole in your toilet. Well, it's not a, it's not though. It's not a hole. It's like, wow, what a hole. <laughs> it's, Home Alone 2. Yes, I know. Daniel Stern. Yes, I know. It, um. Great man. Yes, I know. It's not a hole. It's just like a super massive cluster of stuff. It's like the opposite of a hole. Well, they're, they're saying hole. So I'm saying hole. Give me a nickel for every time I say hole. I can't. I don't have any nickels left. <laughs> Dan Wilkins, lead author of the study, said in a statement that, quote, any light that goes into that black hole doesn't come out. So we shouldn't be able to see anything that's behind the black hole. The reason we can see that is because that black hole is warping space, bending light and twisting magnetic fields around itself. Oh, I see. So maybe this light, maybe the path of this light should be like straight up, say. If you, you at least, this might not help the listener at all, but you see me straight up. Yeah, you look like you're Zeke Heiling. It's very upsetting. And the black hole is bending that light. If the light was coming at it this way, it would just get stuck inside. But since the light wants to go like this, the black hole bends it our way. So pretty much... Albert Einstein predicted the ability of a black hole's gravitational pull to bend light way back in 1916. So it's bending the light over and around the hole. But this is the first time that we've been able to actually observe this phenomenon directly and see Einstein's general theory of relativity in action. And it was completely done by accident. They were just kind of observing what the hole was doing and noticed the light. And that's because the gravity of the hole was pulling it 
around and forward, bending it so that the observers could see it. That, I guess it goes to show you, kids, just investigate those holes. Get close. Investigate them closely. Hole. It's another nickel. That's it for this episode of Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ain't It Scary. And check out our website at ain'titscary.com. You can support the show by supporting our sponsors and becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash scary. And please subscribe to the show and throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be forever grateful. That's right. Special thanks to our beloved patrons, Nate Curtis, Sean O'Donnell, Jared Chamberlain, Maria Ferrante, Robin McCabe, Comfy Mike, Alex Nakutis, and Ryan Regan. Uh, we do have more patrons than that, by the way, and I appreciate all of you, but the, those are the ones who are that's really shelling out the big big bucks for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, we love it. Um, See you next Thursday. Show created by Sean and Carrie McCabe. Music by Kyle Ryan. And if you want to check Kyle out, which I recommend you do, he's over at the YouTube channel Music is a Verb. This has been a production of Longboy Media. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.